0: Welcome to How To Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Confession. It's one of the sacraments of healing, but so often the priest is like a doctor that we don't want to see. We fear confession. We ignore it. We forget about it. But what if you learned how to be healed through it? On today's show, we get practical with confession as we discuss three ways for you to make confessions better and to go more frequently.
1: Also on this episode, we have a really fun hack on how you can get more Catholic classics in your life. And because we know you love podcasts, we highlight another show by an amazing Catholic presenter. You won't want to miss this, so stay right here. Kevin, I'm trying to have energy to start this podcast, but it's a little bit hard.
0: Why is it hard, Lisa? Because
1: we're up early.
0: We are up early. Because
1: we love you, podcast listeners.
0: Up before the children, podcasting. But I think one thing that could help your energy is we had a historic first in the Cutter household this week. We did? Oh, we did. Lisa, we went camping. Oh, if, if you, can, you can call it that. Yeah, it might have been glamping. But for the first time ever, the Cotter family, including when we dated and were engaged and married, we went camping.
1: We never went camping. Just you and I. No. That's incredible.
0: One night, I mean, we were there, what? 16 hours? For camp? Yeah. For camping.
1: We rented a yurt.
0: Yeah, we yurted. Yep. Which is a basically a hut with a wooden floor, two bunk beds, and a canvas tent. But we made all of our food over a fire. But yeah, it was a little clamping, but it was a good first step for the Cotter family.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very Mongolian of us.
0: It was extremely Mongolian, and it was good. We made a promise to our children that we'd go camping this summer. We almost didn't live up to that promise, and then we fit it in right before the end of the summer.
1: Because we're all about living life with excellence.
0: And integrity. Yes. Well. Attempting to. Speaking of excellence and integrity, what is our topic for today?
1: Our topic for today is, it's actually a listener suggestion, Mm. Mm -hmm. which I'm very excited about. This week and next week are listener suggestions, so we'll leave that.
0: Ooh, ominous.
1: Mm, Yes, you can wonder. Uh, How to confession.
0: How to confession. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, we could do how to every sacrament. Mm Mm-hmm. But we're just going to do confession. I don't think we should do a seven-week series. That would be long.
0: And I don't know if anointing of sick really needs a whole lot of... Practical application. Mm -hmm. You're just sitting there. Maybe you could learn how to receive. That would be interesting.
1: That would be interesting. Yes, so kind of a uh, a precursor here. We're going to be talking about the practical aspects of confession, how to have a better confession, more frequent confession. More betterer. Betterer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's what my notes say. Yeah, more frequent and more better confession. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to look at the mystagogical.
0: I think you got it right.
1: Yeah, mystagogical. You nailed that. Yep. Side of confession. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss out Forgiven by the August Institute as mm-hmm. a great video resource from form.org. That's good. That's a good one. So you can do that. So Kevin, I know you have a really great story. About confession. Do you want to share that?
0: To yes. Get going? It's a story about a 16 year old Argent- Argentinian boy in the early 1950s. And this 16 year old had the day off from school. And like most teenagers with the day off of school, he went to go meet up with his friends and his girlfriend to have a good time. And while he was walking, he passed by his parish church and he just felt like he needed to go inside. So he walks into the church. It's kind of dark. He sees this priest he's never seen before. And all of a sudden he gets this feeling that he needs to go to confession. Later on, Hughes said, I felt like somebody grabbed me by the shirt and pulled me inside the confessional. And during this time in the sacrament reconciliation, he has this profound experience with God's mercy. And instead of meeting up with his friends and his girlfriend on his day off, he spends the rest of the day just contemplating God's mercy and really just living out this experience that he had in the confessional. And from that moment on, He knew he was called to be a priest. Uh, The day was September 21st. It was the feast of St. Matthew. And for the rest of this boy's life, he'd remember that moment and remember that he was just like St. Matthew, who was called to conversion. So when he becomes a priest and, and then eventually a bishop, he'd go back to this parish church that he had and he'd reverence the confessional. And then eventually when he became a cardinal and he'd go off to Rome, he'd go to this particular chapel in Rome, one that we actually went to as a family, and he'd look at this painting by Caravaggio of the conversion of St. Matthew. And he'd just sit there and contemplate his life, knowing that he had had this conversion on the feast of St. Matthew. And then when he became Pope, when he became Pope Francis, he made the conversion of St. Matthew a part of his papal motto. And so I just, I love this story because it just shows that those moments in confession, those moments with God's grace and mercy can impact us in just such profound ways in a way that just even throughout our whole life, even throughout all of Pope Francis's life, he still looks at that moment when he was 16 and the Lord called him through his mercy in the confessional still to this day has such an amazing influence on him.
1: I think for a lot of people, confession is a turning point for them in their faith especially like at a conference i think of mm-hmm. steubenville conferences or c conference or i don't know conferences you know like tech or um trying Care- to think of cares. other ones <laughs> yeah i know there are other conferences well and no retreats, retreats yeah. yeah other retreats i think for a lot of people can, they can think of part of that made like major experience for them was going to confession at that particular event and those are often kind of catalysts for making changes in life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, confession is is powerful. And I know for my life, um, I can think back to some retreats. Yeah, where I, I going to confession again for a long time was kind of a turning point for me. And and so just to give a little a little bit of the mystological, mystagogical.
0: The mysticogy behind yeah. confession, which is just a theological word for... Mystery. Sacrament. Yeah, mystery, sacraments. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The
1: mysterious side of the sacraments. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, very mysterious.
1: <laughs> the part that we can't quite comprehend um, is that, you know, it's one of our sacraments of healing. And and when we think about the sacraments, we need to remember that it's in the sacraments that that God wants to touch us. Mm. Like he came to us as a man and he walked this earth with us but when he left he didn't want to leave leave he still wanted to be able to be with us like we have a god who wants to be with us and how he comes to be with us is through the sacrament so obviously in the eucharist he comes to be with us his flesh in in the eucharist um and he sends his holy spirit to us through confirmation and and baptism he touches us through the water and sends his Holy Spirit. And so in confession, he's, he's the one who comes to heal us. It's not the priest, it's, it's, it's Jesus who just like in the gospel would heal people, he still heals today. And he does that through confession. So he wasn't satisfied to like go back to his throne and stay there. He still wanted to be able to come and be able to touch us and heal us. And that's one of the ways that he does that is through the sacrament of confession. So confession is something that that we want to take advantage of. Yeah, we want. Yeah, we want to be there so God can heal us. We have to come to Him in that sacrament so He can touch us in that divine way.
0: And for for many of us, we need to have that that experience at a conference or a retreat. So important, but we also need that that frequent time in confession as well. And trying to give you some practical tips of what to do. And how to get a confession more. So again, three tips or steps today for frequent or more better confession.
1: Great. Why don't you give us our first step?
0: All right. Well, our first step is a regular examination of conscience. And that's uh, an examination of conscience is just obviously looking over your life, trying to think through, all right, where have I failed? Where have I not done well in my life over the past few days or weeks? But traditionally it's done daily. If you can find a time each day to just sit with our Lord, to examine your life and say, Lord, what are the things that I've done well? That's a good first question, right? Not just what I've done bad, but what have I done well? Well, How have I treated people? Have I gotten time in prayer? Am I thinking of you? And then you might want to think of where have I not done well? What are some things that I need to work on? And that just gives you, uh, I think daily is really helpful to give you that pattern of just thinking over your life, which which is really huge. Um, we have to examine our lives. We're not going to know where we fail unless we take some time to really think about it.
1: Yeah, and there's traditional exam, examinations of conscience that are based upon the Ten Commandments. Like, that's typically mm-hmm. what you think of, like, when you think of an examination is that pamphlet, you know, that they mm-hmm. have in the, outside the confessional, and it's got the Ten Commandments and questions to ask yourself. And so if this is a practice that you're not used to, that that can be a great place to start to kind of help you. So we'll put in the show notes, like, a yeah. a link to an examination of conscience Um, and even people have done, you know, like specific for states of life, like for married people or for youth. Um, and that could just be a great way to kind of help you get your mind turning. But I think for a lot of people, if you do it frequently, like you don't have to look at that list every single day. You start to know and recognize, and it's, it's amazing. There've been, um, seasons where I've been better at this and seasons where I've not been as good at this, Mm -hmm. but in the seasons where I'm better at it, it's, it's easy at the end of the day to go. Yeah, here's where I fail. <laughs> yeah. Cuz you're thinking about it more. And even in that moment, you recognize it because you know that night you're going to you're going to examine your conscience and mm. so like I'll be like, "Yep, that one's going on the list tonight." <laughs> yeah. Um but it's just it's it's so helpful cuz sin is sin, I think sometimes we we think of it as just like killing somebody or lying, like something very blatant. Yeah. But sin is anything that separates us from God. Yep. It's anything that separates us from God, and I know that there are plenty of times in the day where i do things that i know separate me from god that separate me where i'm putting myself in a place where i'm not receptive to his grace because his grace is always there he's always going to give me the strength to lead a virtuous life that's going to lead to peace and joy and happiness but i can reject it easily yeah when i let my selfishness just kind of take over
0: yeah. And so that that examination of conscience is so important obviously right before you go to confession. But I think if we want to go to confession and as you said to, to more frequently or or more better, uh we really need to do this daily because it allows us to really get into the pattern of thought of like what have I done uh, and just to examine our lives really well. Plato once said a uh an unexamined life is not worth living. And so I just think taking that time to understand how do I operate? How how do I get into these Patterns of sin. How do I treat people? Why, why did I do what I did? Right. So sometimes we can get to confession and be like, Oh yeah, I did these things. Do you know why? Do you know the patterns behind it? Do you know the reasons? What was the context for why you you got mad at that person? What triggered you? What's really going on in your heart that's causing that? And when you have that daily examine, you actually begin to unwind and figure out the reasons rather than you know, all right, what did I do the last month or two months? That's Really hard to figure out. You you might pull out some sins. You probably don't pull out all of them. But you know the reasoning why. And I think when we, when we understand the reasons why, we're able to actually allow Jesus to heal us. Because we say, oh, I, I know I got mad at my spouse, but the real reason was because of pride. I have a pride, and when when my wife corrected me or or gave me a, a, a piece of improvement.
1: I never correct you. I, I was perfect. just given a
0: hypothetical, <laughs> a hypothetical situation. Right, like, what is it that caused that? You know, like, oh, it was actually my my pride. It wasn't because I just happened to have a problem with anger or my wife and I need to better at communication. No, it's actually me. I have an issue with pride and and that's what's making me mad and that's what caused me to be frustrated my wife and then yell at my kids later. Like, let's get to the root of it, and only when you examine your life can you actually get there.
1: Fantastic. So, daily examination of conscience or okay if 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 you're like some people who tell the dentist you floss every day when you don't, and you're gonna tell us that you examine every day and you don't, okay, at least maybe a couple times a week then
0: well and i I think going back to and we do this a lot going back to our how to habit podcast, trying to figure out for me so i this is a area I struggle with because it's hard for me to go to confession if I don't do an examine because I look it back and I go, I know I've done things. I'm sure I can name stuff, but it just gets harder to do that. So for me, I'd bring a journal every time to my prayer. When I bring that journal, it's a cue and it's a trigger for me to take three minutes to think, hey, what happened the last 24 hours? What did I do well? How could I get better? And from that, I'll just write things down. And then I get to two weeks or a month and I'm like, oh yeah, I've got all these things to confess and ways that Jesus can heal me. But if not, I go, "Ah, I mean, I'd like to go to confession, but I just, it's a little, I don't know, you know, I just get into kind of like, I'm not sure mode. Um, So that's been huge for me is just to have that trigger and to have that journal. And again, at least if I bring that journal two or three times a week or hopefully five to six times a week, my, my ability to go to confession and to confess while just goes through the roof.
1: Perfect. All right. So step one, regular examination of conscience, and it is now time. For our hack and highlight.
0: it's now time.
1: I feel like we need music for this I segment. I
0: just thought the same thing. Like, yeah. what do you think the music would sound like? Do you want to?
1: I have no idea. Okay,
0: I was just yeah, just mm-hmm. dee- I don't you know something, <laughs> some kind of a cue. <laughs> yeah, something so y'all fun. are prepared. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so our Cali hack today, this is a this is a really fun one. There is a um, okay. Well, first of all, we talk about audiobooks quite a bit yeah. on the podcast, and audiobooks can be a little expensive. It's like 15 bucks a pop. So I can totally understand if you're like, gosh, I would love to listen to audiobooks, but I don't have a bunch of money laying around to spend on audiobooks. There's a solution to that. So you can listen to great Catholic classic audiobooks for free.
0: Tell me more.
1: That's what I was waiting for. I wanted you to get it. I was taking a drink of water. I know.
0: It just took a little while, but I, I hit it just yes. a little late.
1: So here's what it is. It is a website called LibroVox, and I will put that in the show notes. LibroVox is a place where it's a, it's a community that works together to put books that are in the public domain, so books that are old enough that, you know, St. Augustine's not getting um, kickback on his book anymore. Um, so everybody, it's, it's, it's the public's work now. Anybody can listen to it or anybody can read it um, or publish it. Sorry, anybody can publish it. Well, they're saying, great, then let's work together to put these books into the public domain on audiobook. So you go to LibriVox and there's two things you can do there. One is you can download these classic books. Some of our favorites that are free for download audiobooks there are Story of a Soul by Tresla Sue's there, Confessions of St. Augustine are there, Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis DeVitt to sail another great one and one of my personal favorites that five years ago i was downloading for my kids it's called angel food
0: angel food <laughs> little talks it, for little folks
1: yes that's, that starts the lady who does them <laughs> that was not a that, that was not a recording that was kevin um <laughs>
0: i haven't thought of angel food for like five years but still when i hear i, I couldn't tell you anything about the show except for that
1: <laughs> angel food <laughs> So it's the woman who does it. Uh, who who kindly put all of them in. She's got this little kid's voice, but it's perfect for it's for little kids. Yeah. So basically, there's these sermons from the 1950s from this priest. Basically, the sermons and um. They were put into a book, and then she herself, for just out of the goodness of her heart, put them onto an audiobook onto Librovox. Anyways, my kids love the Angel Food stories. I need to start pulling them out for Grace because mm. it's been a while.
0: Yeah,
1: um, they're super. They're super 1950s though. So sometimes <laughs> the kids, you know, um, are like, "What's that?" Because they use terms or talk about things that. That are from the fifties, um, but they're super, super orthodox in their teaching and talk a lot about the poor souls in purgatory, which is true. It's great. We just don't talk about that as much. Um,
0: they didn't mess around in the nineteen fifties. Our children's Bible from nineteen fifties, real <laughs> intense. You're like, oh, well, what's that picture? Oh, just Saint Paul being beheaded. No big deal, children. Yeah, enjoy.
1: Yep. So, ah, uh, if you would like to be able to listen to more audiobooks. You can download those books. There of the classics. In the second part to it, is you can participate in creating an audiobook of a book that's in the public domain that's classic. So you can sign up and say, I'm going to read a couple chapters of. Um, I don't know what's a great spiritual work that's not Augustine's Confessions, the Didache, <laughs> something. Confessions already up. Oh sure. So you can sign up and be a part of this, and so multiple people will then say, yep, I'm going to be recording chapters two through five, and the next person gets six through eight, and you sign up to to be a part of making these books into audiobooks.
0: Or or you could just sign up for one book yourself and just do a different accent for every <laughs> chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Pot could do that. Yes, that, would be yes, that Sean, would be, yes. Sean, if
1: you're listening, I want multiple accents for It would be fantastic. <laughs> Yes. So that's something that's fantastic to check out. I think it's a really cool project, um, and it's a great way to get great Catholic books on audio for free. That's so our that, hack. That was our hack. Time and for the highlight.
0: highlight is there's a new podcast that I'm into, and it's called The Jeff Cavins Show. And you probably have heard of Jeff Cavins. Maybe you've seen the Bible Timeline. I just want to say I think Jeff Cavins is one of the best teachers in the entire world on the Catholic faith. The guy is just incredible. I just listened to a couple episodes, and honestly, like I pulled them up and I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to like these. I don't, the title seems not quite right. I listened to them, each one of them, they were just really, really good. He's just such a good storyteller. He knows theology so well, but he also can relate to people's lives in a way that I think um, is just really profound and really personal. And uh, yeah, I was just really moved this week by by his podcast, I just love Jeff. And uh, he's a former, he has an amazing life story. I read his biography this last week. It's like 20 years old, but I still read his biography and his conversion story. And he just, yeah, he was a radio DJ for 10 years. Uh, he hosted The Life on the Rock. I don't know if people always know that, but he did that for a long time. So he just has a really good uh, way of producing a show and, and knowing what to say and how to say it. Um, he, he does it all by himself. But it's, it's really uh, well done.
1: Fantastic. We'll put both his book, is it my life on the rock? His, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And his podcast in the show notes as well. Yeah. All right. Time to get back to our list here. Number two. Number how, two. Yeah. Step two for more frequent and more <laughs> better confession. Put it on the calendar. Put it on the calendar. So for me, something that my spiritual director for a long time has always said is at least you need to be going to confession Every two weeks is what she suggests. Now, I think most spiritual advisors would say once a month, which is fantastic. But she knows me and she knows that if I say twice a week, I'll probably get there once a month. Um, But I wasn't even getting there once a month. And it just, I don't know why. It was just hard. Trying to get there on a Saturday, um, Mm -hmm. you know... on a whim. It just didn't work for me. Yep. So what I needed to do is I needed to put it on the calendar. And I specifically, what I did is I went to one of the focus chaplains and said, Hey, father Jay, I have a hard time getting to confession. Can you be my regular confessor? And of course he was like, fantastic. No big deal. So every time I go two weeks later at the at once confession's done or sometimes right before, we'll put it on the calendar for two weeks later. And that has really helped me. And make sure that I'm actually getting there because it's on my calendar. I'm committed to it. I know that he's expecting me as an appointment and I don't want to waste his time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it's, it's just frequent and it's, and it's, it's known. And if I'm being honest, I did amazing with this. Like I started this at the beginning of the year. It was one of my, my resolutions for the year and all the way through like June doing pretty well, like not going more than a month, um, but going pretty much every two weeks. I think like once or Maybe twice. I'm. I i did not mm-hmm. go twice, and then now I haven't gone in six weeks because summer and I. It's it's an excuse, but I just like it's not my routine is so different right now that I think we had it scheduled. I was actually supposed to go on my birthday was scheduled, and I totally forgot because it was just it was on my phone in my calendar, but just totally out of routine. So I need to get back into that. So I'm not perfect at it, but I'm now that school's starting. I'm kind of hopeful to get back into my every two weeks. Because it just helps me so much once I get going, once that habit's built to continue it, that's when I can get to more frequent confession.
0: Yeah. The summer tough schedule is real. But it's great to get back into a pattern and a routine. And obviously we just did two episodes on how-to scheduling. When we put things in our calendar, we tell ourselves... And we tell other people that that is actually what's important to us. That's how we actually manage our time. That's what we say we want to do. And so, yeah, it's really important to put things in a schedule and say, this is how I want to live my life. This is how I want to spend my time. And uh, putting on our calendar every two weeks is huge.
1: All right. So our last step here for more frequent or better confession is remembering that Jesus is your confessor.
0: Jesus is your confessor. So we've talked about a couple things to help you go to confession. So making sure it's on your calendar is really important. Uh, Making sure you're doing a regular, uh, hopefully daily or almost daily examination of conscience. What keeps us from going to confession? And I think for a lot of people, they have this certain sense of, oh, well, boy, I don't know if I want to confess my sins to this priest, like he's my he's my parish priest, like what is he going to think, how is he going to react, all these different things. And um, I think what we have to keep in mind is that ultimately, Jesus is our confessor. He is the one that we're confessing to, and the priest is standing in the place of Jesus. And so when we go to him, we want to realize that this is, is Jesus who we're speaking to. He's the one that we're claiming our sins. He's the one that we're actually hearing from. I think most people, uh, they, they wish they could speak to God. They wish they could have him near them to talk to them, to give them advice. And the beautiful thing about sacraments and the beautiful thing about confession is we actually get to live that experience. We can imagine that Jesus is sitting right next to us and that we're able to actually tell him Where we're hurting, confession is a sacrament of healing, right? So we actually get to tell Jesus, here's where I'm hurting. Here's where I need healing. And the priest in the place of Christ is actually able to speak into that hurt and and speak into that need for healing to give us that through Jesus, to actually give us the grace of God.
1: I think one of my favorite uh, titles for God is divine healer. Like the, he's the divine, divine physician. There you Mm -hmm. go. That's a better Mm -hmm. phrase for it. He's the divine physician. I think we forget that like Jesus is better than any, any doctor can be right. Like, yes, he can physically heal us, but there's also a lot of spiritual healing. I think that needs to go on in our life or even just like our internal junk, emotional healing that needs to go on. Mm -hmm. And what I love about going to Freak of Confession is just like any good doctor, like if you have an issue that's going on he's going to he's going to come up with a treatment plan for you and then, mm-hmm. and it's and sometimes it's step by step it's not just a magical one and done now you're healed right like he as the doctor is going to say no we need to do these things to get you to a point of wholeness and healing and i think god does the same thing with us and and sometimes we might think well why can't you just like heal me of this this desire this sin or whatever why do i have to keep confessing it well, God, as the divine physician, he knows what treatment plan we need. He mm-hmm. knows what we need step by step to get to that place of healing. And if he healed us all at once, it might be too overwhelming for us. Like We might not be ready for that. Mm-hmm. So he might say, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm taking you along this journey here. First, you need to understand that the root, you know, or first you need to just confess like the obvious sin of it. Okay, now we're gonna like start to get down to the root of why are you doing this? Yeah. And we're gonna slowly work to get you to a point where you can recognize the depth of your sin that's causing you to do this so that you can fully heal from it as opposed to just putting a band aid on it every time.
0: Yeah. And it strikes me, I absolutely love that analogy. And just hearing you say that just reminds me of, I think, for a lot of Protestants, not all of them, but it's this idea that once saved, always saved. Like I make this confession of faith. And then I'm saved. But I think for Catholics, confession is so Catholic exactly off that analogy because it allows you over time to receive that healing. Catholics believe that we're saved through our baptism, but we have continual healing. Our souls actually need to be filled more with God's grace, actually need to be purified. And so confession allows us just that. And it's reality we know. We know that once we have that baptism or confession of faith, then we're not entirely made whole. Like Jesus, we're, we're work in process. We're sick. We have this problem of sin and we need to root that out to get to the bottom of it, to get to the root cause. And that's what confession can do. And I just love that, that Catholic perspective because it just makes so much sense with what we know that's true in life and know what's true in our souls. But it gives us that grace. It gives us that medicine that actually can make us whole, that can actually give us real healing from Jesus himself.
1: So our three steps to more frequent, more better confession. We have one, regular examination of conscience, two, put it on the calendar, and three, remember that Jesus is your confessor. So it's time for our how-to challenge. And our challenge today is to create a confession plan. Mm -hmm. Pretty simple, create a plan for yourself. Find time, when are you going to put in your examination of conscience? I think the easiest time is either at the beginning of your prayer or right before bed. So maybe try both and see and try a week of both and see which one works better for you. And then secondly, to put it on the calendar, to find a way that you're going to get to confession. Um, and, and I know that it's not always easy to do what I did, which is just to be able to find a, a priest who says, yeah, let's meet every two weeks, but try it. Go to your, go to a priest that you know, that you trust. And yes, there's some added element of humility because <laughs> Father Jay gets to hear my same, you know, stuff over Mm -hmm. and over again or my new stuff. And he really understands, um, a lot of my weaknesses, but there's a great beauty in that because then he can point me in, in a right direction and, and give me specific tailored advice as opposed to confession hopping and not having kind of that thread that the priest can work from. So challenge you to that, find, um, find a way to get there regularly. Um, and I think you'll really see, uh, the fruit of confession and that grace in a new light.
0: Well, that is another show. Thank you so much for joining us. We just so much appreciate all those out, out there who are listening. And uh, as you are, we just want to remind you to email us your hacks. That's one of our favorite new features of the show is the hacks and highlights. If you just uh, have a hack that you can think of that you live out in your day, we'd love to hear about it and potentially share it with our listeners as well. Uh, so that'd be great if you'd email us. And e- Lisa, that email address is...
1: Hello at made 2 dot com. We love hearing from y'all.
0: That's great. All right, well, that's our show for today. Be saints; it's worth it. Confession, it's one of the sacraments of healing but so often the priest is like a doctor that we don't want to see. We fear confession. We ignore it. We forget about it. But what if we learned how to be healed through it? On today's show, we discuss three ways for you to make better confessions and to go more frequently.
1: Also on today's episode, we have a really fun hack on how you can get more Catholic classics into your life. And we highlight another podcast by an amazing Catholic presenter, You won't want to miss it, so stay right here.